Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in this Simply Happy Conversation, I'm talking with Caroline from Outside the Box Coaching, an organizing coach who supports ADHD clients to uncover their unique strengths to overcome life and ADHD challenges. Caroline shares why ADHDers struggle with task initiation and prioritization. She also shares ways to take action and initiate tasks after considering blocks and how to use natural strengths to find ways through blocks. This conversation is a video recording that you can watch on YouTube. Let's jump into this guest conversation. Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organizational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organizational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritize your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organizational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritize your health. So today on Simply Happy Conversation, I have with me Caroline. Caroline is from Out of the Box Coaching, and she is an ADHD and autistic coach, and she also is a workshop facilitator and also a business coach. So welcome, Caroline. Oh, hi, Nora. (laughs) Nice to be here. Oh, it's so lovely for you to come on and have a chat, and I know that you're on the other side of Australia, so the time difference is... um, a bit to navigate, isn't it? Yeah, that's all right. It's all good. <laughs> so then tell us about the things that you like to do in your free time. Ah, so things I like to do in my free number one is walk my dog on the river. Um, I'm here in Perth and I'm very close to the Canning River and it's just beautiful. So it's one of my favourite daily things to do. But the other thing that I've spent the last 22 years doing which I feel is a humongous part of me and and what I you know bring to all of my life including my clients is that I'm a belly dancer oh I didn't know that (laughs) no I didn't think you would (laughs) so yeah it's just a fantastic way to connect with creativity with flow um, with really you know shaking off stress and and shaking off you know that anything that you don't want in your um, body and mind and your heart you know it's it's just a fantastic thing to do I love it and so do you go to classes for it uh yeah I I yes been going to class for 22 years I also have taught for about the last 20 years as well because I have a background in dance uh, before I started belly dance so yeah so teach and always learning never stop yeah no I love that I that was one of my hens party was they got a belly oh, dancer cool. in for it um yeah the the girl that was organizing part of it was um we traveled around uh, the middle east and we actually oh, had some wonderful. classes while we were over there so yeah so it was nice. nice that connection with it so yes I yeah. can really envision that whole getting rid of everything out of yeah. your body and just moving and moving to the music it's yeah such it's very music. freeing it's not you know like other forms of dance which are very um you do it this way you do it that way it's it's much more uh free flowing yeah yeah there's yeah, no strict rules <laughs> <laughs> And so but how did you get into that, though? Dancing. Yeah, like oh, belly, dancing. belly dancing. Yeah. Oh, that's a long story. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I had some health issues uh, that were 
around um, reproductive and hormones. And one of my many naturopaths <laughs> recommended that it would be something that would be really good for that, you know, reoxygenating all of that hip area of the body yeah. with the organs and everything. Um, so I went, oh, I've always wanted to try it. Nothing stopping me. So I started and it was like a fish to water. I just, yeah. just loved it. And it enhanced my, not just my health, my entire life from then on. Yeah. And so do you bring that in with your clients at all? Um, I guess in the philosophies that I've learnt from what makes dance connected and what makes dance, you know, feel so good. Mm. So those philosophies come in indirectly. Uh, for example, you know, m- a lot of people have a, uh, especially, especially people who are struggling with disorganisation and time management, they have a bit of a touchy sensation to the word routine. Oh, yes, definitely. Because <laughs> they, 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 they hear rigidity, they hear you know, inflexibility, they hear, you know, I have to be told what to do and they just resist, resist, resist. So with my sort of approach to routine, routine only works when it's in flow. So I always bring that idea that organisation, good organisation, it happens when it can ebb and flow with the happenings of life not when it's rigid it actually doesn't work when it's rigid so that's a big feature from dance that comes across yeah yeah that's beautiful and and I love that that connection between you know your dancing and the organization which can feel like it's very strict and you know by sort of rules and stuff yeah so it's nice to have that that influences the way that you work So how? So tell us about your business and how you got cool. into because it's originally professional organising. Yeah, so I started my professional organising business back in two thousand and seven <laughs> in Sydney, <laughs> and um, just you know it was it was like that light bulb moment of now I know what I'm meant to be doing on the planet and just loved working as a professional organiser and, you know, sort of from the start, you know, I, I got the name Outside the Box Organisation Solutions really fast, you know, as, you know, sometimes people when starting a business will sweat, but it just came like that. It was just also, you know, everything was sort of kismet and um, that started that thinking of, well, organisation doesn't happen in a box, it happens outside the box. And that has, you know, fed this line of travelling to where I am now very much so, which is quite weird to look back on and see that in hindsight. But, yeah, so as a professional organiser, worked in just about every different situation you can imagine, but mainly that all all of my processes were with uh, coaching technique so that it was about allowing the person to find their own organisation that works for them, not me telling them what to do or doing it for them. So that was always a big feature of how I started my business. And uh, then about 2000 and 
it was 2017, I started studying as to get my certified organizer coach accreditation and got that. And then in that process, sort of, or actually even before that, 2011, I did my first ever organizing for ADHD okay. class with ICD. And I just did it because I needed some extra, you know, PD hours for my expert accreditation and um, as a professional organiser. And I'm sitting there and, and listening to a fabulous presenter and, and trainer and going, wow, these are all things I already do with my clients. This is how I approach every client, not just people with ADHD. So there was a real connect, a synergy of approach Mm. Um, with how I was working. So that really sparked my interest way back then. And then in 2017, did certified organizer coach accreditation um, certification. And um, then that, you know, had a big feature on ADHD. And I just felt like this is, I love this so much. And I love working with my gorgeous ADHD so much that I then pretty much Oh, the last four years, I've, 99% of my clients have ADHD. So, um, yeah, it just was a natural, beautiful progression. Mm. So now I work only as a life organising and ADHD coach. That's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Just that progression, how you, yeah, what what you love doing, that that's the way that yeah. you go and flow with. Yeah, and follow I'm, that always. Yeah, and I'm sure that, yeah. that you were attracting a lot of uh, clients back when you were professionally organising with um, needs of like ADHD or autism as well. And, yeah, um, yeah and it's nice that you've got that. And, and it's not lived experience because that's, no. That seems to be a very big feature with a yeah. lot of people. So it's nice to have someone who then does it from not the lived experience and, um, yeah, and does it from the knowledge and from looking out and looking in on on the struggles that they're, they're having as well. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, it, there is a lot of great coaches with lived experience and the coaches who have trained me mm. um, have ADHD. Um, so I learn a lot from that. I have great friends with ADHD. Yeah. So I sort of really can appreciate a lot of what their struggles are and what their gifts are. Yes. Yes. Most importantly. Yeah. yeah. And it's how to bring those gifts out, isn't yeah. it? And even interesting, um, like in the professional organizing group, I'm not sure if you were there, but it was uh, what what came out at the Christmas get together was basically majority of the people had ADHD or autism and that's how they've become <laughs> professional organizers because they've come up with all the strategies themselves being using yeah. it in their own life and then sharing it with people um, yeah. which was quite quite surprising to hear so many of Yeah them. yeah yeah no there's a lot of organizers with ADHD <laughs> <laughs> because it's generally not uh, like seen as the, that you'd be good at organizing but so, yes, yeah, so not organizing yourself, organizing other people, organizing others. Yes, it's they're amazing. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that can be a big feature in ADHD. Doing for others is much easier than doing for self, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And looking at that motivation, isn't it? Yeah, so tell us too, because you have a um, a companion dog. So, how does yeah. he come into your services? Yeah, so uh, beautiful Cosmo. Cosmo uh, he um, he was bred for uh, therapy on purpose, and uh, 
he brings a distraction. That sounds silly for ADHD, but if you understand ADHD, you do need a distraction from having too much focus on yourself, feeling, you know, you can imagine if you're going to someone to talk about your problems, the, you know, having all the focus on you makes it very stressful, very tense to want to say the right thing, make use of the time. So he sort of brings a lovely distraction to bringing all the, so the focus isn't all on the client. He also obviously has beautiful software and there's a lot of fantastic research out there about uh, the lowering of cortisol levels just from touching fur. So it can be up to 50%. So it, and it actually lowers the heart rate. So he creates a beautiful calmness space just by being patted, um, which he loves. And uh, the other thing is he's very highly sensitive to people's emotions. So if someone is having, you know, a bit of a, an emotional moment, about you know during something we're talking about that's troubling them um he's he's right there and he really connects with them through the eyes uh it's also really interesting bit of research on how the dog's eyes have these muscles above the eyebrows that only us humans have and it might be a reason why dogs are so connected to humans and it's this you know that that puppy dog eye look Mm. that you know you recognize but that's the same look a baby gives their mother when they're connecting and in that moment there's that I've forgotten the name of the hormone but that connection hormone is being released then through that eye connection so he does that quite a bit as well yes it's the oxytocin isn't it oxytocin that's the one yeah, yeah 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 I think I've yeah. read the same research somewhere. There you go. Yes. Yeah. No, I have for my own my own children, and I see that effect yeah. as soon yeah. as we start talking about something that's quite stressful from school. That our dog, she's not a therapy dog, no. but she works like a therapy dog, and yeah. she just goes straight to the kids. And yeah. if I am saying something, and she's like, she'll think that I'm telling them. Well, I might be telling them off about something. She will go and protect them and be yapping at me, even though they've done something. It could be <laughs> really bad. No, she'll tell me off, like, leave me alone, and he's barking back at me. Yeah, she, she picks up on emotions. It's amazing, and it's it's such mm. a great – and I do see that that whole cortisol level um, mm. decrease. So, yeah, actually we should be taking her more places than we do at times. I wish she could go to school with my son. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Well, quite a few of the dogs that um, – the breeder that we got him from um, has her dogs in schools as yeah. as the what are they called? I've forgotten the name of them. Assistance dogs? Is it just no? Yeah, no, they're not assistance dogs. Anyway, it's it's there's quite a few schools here that yeah. have a school dog mm. um, to help with um, regulating emotion and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to. Yeah, the, my school, the school my kids go to would be great if they had a mm-hmm. a dog there. So then, tell us about some of the the things that you find that are really useful for your clients around that time management and and procrastination, which is a big <laughs> thing that we, we see with um, ADHD. Yeah. So when you asked um, for me to come on and and have a chat with all you lovelies. Um, I, I thought, you know, what, what I do is a little bit different. And 
you know, there's a lot of great organisation tips and things around that out there. And but what I recognise very much so with a lot of my clients is that they do come to me they because they want to get organised. They see disorganisation. They want to get organised. They see that they're late consistently and that stresses them out. They see that, you know, they miss things and, you know, the stress of of time is is a big feature and not being able to recognise time and all of that sort of thing. Um, but really that's what they're trying to solve, but really what's coming into uh, play that they really want to solve is procrastination and prioritisation. So um, I thought I'd just talk a little bit about bringing the focus to solving disorganisation, solving time management, actually comes back to identifying the real blocks on your path to getting organised or having better task management. So um, what, you know, we typically see <laughs> is that, you know, someone has a, has a problem and they go, right, I'm going to fix this problem. Right, first thing I need to do is I need to know the best way to do this thing. I need the, all the tips. I need, like, all the answers before I even start anything. And it's so easy for most of my ADHD is to go down into that rabbit hole of hyper-focus and making that the action. What they're actually missing is real action, the action that progresses the steps. And, you know, it's, it's really said many, many times, it's not as if uh, someone with ADHD doesn't know what to do. They even know how to do it. Many of my clients know how to do things a lot better than me, but that is not the answer because if it was, they'd be doing it, doing it yeah. wouldn't they? They'd be doing it. So, and this is where the, a lot of, you know, someone who's not really educated in the ADHD space can fall into, well, just, you know, let's put this strategy into place and let's follow these steps. That is possibly going to work, but most likely not. Or not because, for very long. Yeah, it'll work for two weeks and then yeah. stop, Yeah, which is a very common uh, recurrence for most people. They'll recognise that type of cycle. You know, works for two weeks and then everything falls apart because it has to do with the instigation of action, not how to do it, not what to do. I mean, they're important, but anyway. Uh, so what do we do instead of focusing in on that how? So we see the one I just sort of um, explained, and I'm sure a lot of people will recognise this, that they're focusing on, well, I have to have the perfect way to do it in order for it to work. I um, well, if I do that, that's going to be uninteresting and not exciting, and it feels icky. I don't want to do it. So that's a block to action. Uh, they feel like, um, which is common for all of us, <laughs> it's the task is going to take longer than I thought it was, and that mm. can be a real, you know, lack of motivation, lack of um, concentration for a long period of time. Um, the time I have right now is not enough time to actually do this whole action that I'm thinking of, so don't start. 
Yes, and that's one I hear a lot. But that's mm. that's one of the best things about working with people consistently for a period of time mm. that they then say, that only took us like an hour and a half. It's like, yeah, I thought that was going to take half a day. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, so it's great yeah. when it's consistent because then they get that idea of, oh, it actually doesn't take as long as I thought it was yeah. going to be. I've got this classic. Well, um, if you're there with a body double, that is. Yeah, yes. <laughs> body doubling is is fabulous for for anyone, but for ADHD, it's great. Mm. But I um I work with a lot of clients all over Australia, and um I'm in their home through video. And uh, one client I've been working with for quite some time, uh, we were working on routine, and um, we were doing her laundry routine. And I said, "Well, how about she?" said, well, it takes so long to do the um, sheets and the towels. I said, okay, well, let's just give it a go and see how long it actually takes. Um, And she um, started and she was talking to me and she's doing the laundry and popping it away and da-da-da-da. Anyway, she gets to the end of um, putting all the laundry on and everything is set and started and I asked her, I said, how long do you think that took? And she goes, forever. It must have been like half an hour. Um, and she, little did she know, but I had actually timed, timed her. <laughs> and it was seven minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and But that is, that is the reality for someone with ADHD and time. Tasks that are... Not exciting tasks that are somehow laborious or somehow you know tedious. It actually feels like pain. Mm. You know, time feels like it's dragging, like never before. Uh, but when they're doing something exciting, time tends to go by. Like two hours will be gone by, and they'll think it's only five minutes. Yeah because of that excitement, because of all of the, you know, interactions with time. So time time and ADHD is a very interesting subject to go and have a look at, into. Yes, so, yes. As, as I have my own uh, here, time the timer. So that oh, time stay. timer is the best. <laughs> so I can stay on time. <laughs> is that how much time we have left, Noelle? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So um, that's a big feature. Um, another big one to stopping that action is um, that they can't see that there's a guarantee that this is going to work. So why start anyway? So there's this real resistance to putting effort in when there's no um, guarantee of a result for the positive. And that's part ADHD, but it's also part experience. You know, especially most of my clients are late diagnosed women and, um, you know, they've gone through life, you know, being told, well, you just need to focus more or, or, well, you just have to try harder or you just have to make a list. Is None of those things are going to help. And all always on their school reports is um, intelligent but doesn't apply herself. 
you know, <laughs> those typical, you know, sort of responses. Um, so this, when there's no guarantee, why start prospect? It really becomes, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's one to watch out for um, and see if that's a thing for you. Um, and one of the others that comes across a lot of my clients is I have to know all the steps to make a proper plan because if I don't have the proper plan, it won't work. So these are all just distractions from taking action. And like the one I just said, it, 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 they are real blocks as well. They're not imagined. I'm not saying that these mm. are imaginary blocks. They're real. So finding the path to action to get past procrastination, to get into prioritisation, we need to look at the block to your path. So two of my absolute favourite books, <laughs> excuse me, is um, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday and Essentialism by Greg McCowan. Now, they're, this, they're both nothing to do with ADHD, but their principles mm. I find very, very um, Pertinent. So I'm going to grab a glass of water. Go tickle in my throat. <laughs> Sorry. So taking that approach of find the way through, not around. So a lot of those things were avoidance, mm. but find your way through these kinds of blocks so you get to action. And um, it's a lot of what we do as an ADHD coach is building what I call, well, what my coach calls building a ramp, building a ramp to action. Because as someone who's neurotypical, I can look at a task and go, oh, that's what I need to do and start. Just like that. I can jump into action quite quickly because the connections between um, my long-term memory, working memory and short-term memory are all active at once. Mm. With ADHD, that long-term memory has a bit of disconnect from the executive function to remind us of the steps and of the reasons why taking this kind of action really does serve me so well. So there's none of this hindsight forethought in the moment without a lot of effort. Mm. And that's what makes um, taking action quite draining because you've got to figure out our path to those memories, to those, to that hindsight forethought uh, to take action. So where was I? I got it all involved into brain matter then. Excited. And I completely agree with you on those, like as a um, neurodiverse person, it's those connections. And so I would have to look at a plan and know to know the steps to continue. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't just pop in. And no, unless it's something I've done over and over and over and over. And over, and over. And over. Yeah. 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 So, um, 
Yes. So what um, what do we need? Um, understanding your innate strength, number one. What are your strengths? And many times when I ask this of clients, they go, well, I don't have any. I think that's, you know, a big load of you know what. Um, everyone has innate strengths. Um, we just need to open things up so we can see them. So we look at what the, the natural strengths are, not the, you know, ones that are hard fought because a lot of ADHD people are amazingly brilliant at becoming experts in lots and lots and lots of things. But it takes a huge amount of effort in some areas. But which ones are naturally easy? Which ones just come natural? Which ones are the strengths that really work for you? And finding a way through um, these blocks using those strengths is what we do as a coach. Um, But also then on the other side of that is looking at those challenges so that they can be um, not disregarded but also informing our next steps so that you're not going to try and, um, you know, do things that are are not natural for you, Mm. that aren't going to work. So what's an example? I love examples. Yeah. They work so much better um, for people. Great example. Okay, lovely client. Um, She had got really, really stuck on replacing a light globe in her car headlight. Now, I wouldn't even attempt it. Of course she did. (laughs) (laughs) So and um, she got so stuck on it and actually started to go into overwhelm. And feeling like she was stupid, feeling like, why can't I do this? This should be so simple. I've got the instructions here. And so everything started to shut down because of the emotional dysregulation going on at that time. But what we found was is that she, her strength is cognitive processing, which means having a really good way of approaching things step by step because that's the cognitive strength is step by step it's um being able to view maps and see how everything works together they're you know perpetual learners our our Mm. cognitive strength people and um i i said to her but so what you know, where did you get stuck on the instructions? And she told me, and we're looking, she was, I wasn't looking at it, she was looking at it. And um, we figured out that the instructions were actually inadequate. They actually weren't, they didn't have all the steps. So once she was able to not put all the focus onto the piece of paper but actually see outside well hang on there's something missing that they've forgotten and included that 
the whole process became really easy. Now, we translated that to her doing the most amazing work in organising and tidying, decluttering her bedroom. Yeah. Because she understood the steps that she needs as a cognitive strength person and she was able to do things she hadn't been able to do for years because she identified that strength. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's a roundabout way and it sounds like hocus pocus, but it's not. <laughs> no, it's just understanding the brain, really, isn't it? As well, and and self, yeah, yeah. You know, that's her that uniqueness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your strength. Yeah, there's yeah. not one cookie cutter way no. to approach because everyone's ADHD experience is different. Um, because they all have unique personalities and unique lives. Mm, definitely, yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, that is fantastic. Those tips are great. And I'm sure there'll be so many people out there that will be like, oh, thank you. <laughs> and wanting to connect with you. And especially because you work online. So it could be anywhere in the world or anywhere yeah. in Australia. How can people find you? What's the best? Um, best way is um, my website, which is outsidetheboxsolutions.com.au. Um, and um, yeah, just reach out. There's a little form on there you can reach out and ask me a question whatever you like um and if you you know just want to hang on ran on the outskirts and and not engage directly that that's cool too I get it um yeah. you could always go to my Facebook page which is um outside the box ADHD coach and Instagram as well oh it's yes yeah, same on same, Instagram yeah yeah outside, I think it's outside the box coaching on Instagram yeah. I'll, I'll definitely put all those in the show notes as well. But thank mm. you so much for your time and sharing your knowledge as well, Caroline. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, it's so lovely to have you. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, then I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review. This helps others find it who are also looking for tips and organizational strategies to simplify their life and prioritize their health. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss future episodes. You can also connect with me over at simplyhappy.com.au.